you've ever watched a good Western movie, you would have seen a, a ball and chain. So a ball and chain is... is Anklet? There we go. It's a bracelet or an anklet that goes around your ankle with a chain and a massive ball on the end. So it was designed for prisoners or slaves not to run away. It would hinder them from climbing over walls. It would hinder them from running because, I didn't know this, but the chain was actually short enough that you wouldn't be able to pick it up and run with the ball. It was just at an awkward length. So you can't really run with a ball and a chain. And it was designed exactly for that. And if you have that picture in your mind, you'll have a good picture of what the author of Hebrews from these two verses is actually encouraging us not to take on. Not to take on. And that is so that we can fight the good fight of endurance to make our race, our spiritual race, joyful. Joyful. And tonight, there's only one point, three sub-points. And the first point is fight for endurance in the race. So that is the, the main point of tonight's verse. Fight for endurance in the race. In chapter 12, with this picture, it's a picture of an athlete. Everybody knows this picture of running a race in a massive stadium. The stadium of life. This race of faith is before all believers. We are all in this race together. If you're a believer, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're in this race. God saved those that He loves, and He entered you in this believer's race. And you don't have to be a believer for very long to know that this race is tough. There are ups and downs. There are challenges. There are trials to face. And the author gives us three encouragements to run the race with endurance and with joy. And the first encouragement is by reminding yourself of the crowd. Look at verse 1. It says, therefore. Now, Stephen read that, the therefore. I mean, he's just listing all these giants of the faith, telling about the scourging and the cutting in two and being spat on and, and just being persecuted. And he says, this great cloud since we are surrounded by all these people basically cheering us on. He says, don't give up. Go on. Run. Keep on going. We've completed the race. You can do it. Now, all these great people surrounding us, and then he says this, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. We see these, this crowd basically on their feet, just cheering on, cheering every believer on. And they know the race is difficult. We need some cheering on. We need to be reminded ourselves, or we need to remind ourselves that we are not the first ones racing in this race. Thousands, millions went before us. They completed the race successfully. So many people before us not only ran the race, but completed it. There are witnesses that went before us. And the writer says, because we're surrounded by this cloud of races that we have already, that already finished this race, we should make every effort to do just like they did. Continue. Keep on going. Keep on going. 
Great encouragement to think that others already made it. To know there's a finish line. You might be stuck in this race. Maybe there's a, a ball and chain attached to your ankle. And we'll get to this now. But, but know that, that people went through the same thing. I mean, in the previous verses, they, they were cut in two. Have you ever thought of that? Facing lions, being burnt. They continued. They continued. Kept on running. We're not running it alone. But there's a danger here. I mean, Noah, he built an ark with his three sons, four people. Abraham, the faith, it, it started with Abraham. I mean, Sarah, Jacob, Joseph, saying no to all kinds of stuff, waiting in prison, enduring the race. Then you get Moses, Rahab, Gideon, David, Samuel. Whoo! Those were believers, right? But there's the whole problem. We see them as these great figures, and don't get me wrong, they are, but we kind of get discouraged. How am I going to live up to Moses? How am I going to be like Rahab or, or Gideon? Well, probably more like Gideon. But these are heroes. I mean, their, name, their names are in the book, in the Bible. But they were also just humans. They also needed faith to complete the race. We shouldn't forget this. They are humans. They had their struggles just like us. They fell just like us. They needed faith in Christ just like us. Let that motivate you to run like they did. Not perfect, but they completed it by faith. Their eyes were on the prize. They knew who they were running with and for. We are a part of this cloud. If you're a believer, you're part of this race. When you complete the race, you are part of this cloud. And we need to start running this race like they did. When your stamina runs out, ask for a piggyback ride. Ask for someone to come alongside you. Brother, sister, I'm struggling here. Can you help me? Help, help, my, help me to focus. I'm focusing down or up on this hill. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to make this. Please help me. We need to start running with our eyes open, focusing on the cloud of witnesses, the crowd that's cheering us on, but also looking around. Who's falling behind? Come, let, let me go back and, and help this person. Who's stumbled? Let me help them up. Looking out for those who are starting to lag because of cramps or motivation or just a general lack of stamina or fatigue. And here's the, the big thing now. He says, remind yourself of the cloud. But let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance. That's our second encouragement. By laying aside the hindrances. The author says, anything that hinders you, slows you down, or tires you out, get rid of it. The race is hard enough. Don't let a ball and chain drag you. 
slow you down, eat all your energy. That's not necessary. Now, it's interesting when I read this, I, I realized that it says every weight and sin. There's two things here at play. We all know, and we'll look at that now, but sin drags you down. It hinders you. But it struck me that there are other ball and chains in our lives. How about always having fears? Always being negative? Thoughts of doubts? Oh, what if? Always seeing the glass empty, never mind half empty. Self-pity. Being lazy. Never really committing to something. Oh, maybe if being anxious. That all talks about maybe a lack of faith. I want to encourage you tonight just to go write down a list of what other than sin, we all know we are sinners, right? But what else in your life, what other idols or things that are creeping in, doubts or other things, busyness, putting the world first, prioritizing other things than God, is attaching to your ankle and making you drag, tapping all your energy out of the race, the finish line. I've become more and more convinced over the last five years, I would say, I've been really struggling for joy over the last, I would say, maybe seven years. And I realized that I was so focused on Works can't save you, which is true. Only Jesus Christ can save you. And I need to find joy. And the whole confusion about joy being happy. Just driving, working. Need to do this and this and this. And I completely miss this joy. I know we cannot be saved by works. That's true. But I'm more and more convinced that the lack of joy is because of a lack of effort. Saying no to that thought. Ooh, I just want to have this juicy piece of negativity. What's going to happen? You're going to be negative. I, I just want to indulge in this anxiety. Say no. You've got the word. You've got the spirit. You need to engage in self-discipline, saying no. It says there, you should lay aside. It's an action. I'm going to fight for this. I'm not going to procrastinate. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not next month. Well, next year I'm going to do better. No, no, no. It's now. Lay it aside. God gave you the key to unlock the lock and put the ball and chain aside. Lay it aside. And continue in this race. I'm going to fight for my joy no matter how hard life is. I'm going to run. And we'll get to the more practical sides a bit later. But then the author mentions getting rid of sin. And I'm concerned that we have such a low view of God and a low standard that we all allow sin to drag us down. So if all the weight is on this side, and all the sin is on this side, how well are you going to run? Instead of thinking how close I can get to this line, if sin is the line right here, okay, that's not sin yet. 
so I'm just going to just going to stand here, right? No, 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 I, I'm going to stand here. Lay it aside. Instead of thinking that, towing the line, rather ask, how can I train? How can I eat? How can I dress better for this successful run? How am I going to lay this aside? How can I run my race to the full potential for God's glory? Well, stop the habitual sin. And I believe Satan uses two ball and chains here. Two methods in our lives to hinder our race. One, either he says to you, well, keep on sinning that grace may abound. Don't don't, don't worry. Nobody knows it. It's just here in your pocket. right? Nobody knows about this sin. Just keep on sinning. God will forgive you. And then you keep on sinning. Or he says, you're not good enough. You need to work harder. You need to work harder. God's grace is not enough for you. And then you repent, and then you repent, but you go sit in a sack of ash. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. When you repent, God is gracious enough to forgive your sins, pick yourself up, and run the race. Don't let it drag you down. If you ask for forgiveness and you turn away from sin, repent, then run the race. Don't let it drag you down. And then other one, some see the law of God as the ball and, and chain. Oh, if, I didn't have, if I didn't have all these laws and all this, why must I please God? I, I want to go the, to the world. That's much more nicer. Now I want to I be there. Now I'm attached to this. Instead of seeing it the other way around. I want to get rid of this, this ball, this sin that prevents me to go, from going to God. We need to renew our minds, brothers and sisters, to see what it is. The law is wonderful. Go read Psalm 19, verse 7 to 3. Oh, sorry, 7 to 13. It's a beautiful psalm. It talks about the law of the Lord is like honey, dripping, honeycomb. Just indulge yourself in the law because it gives you joy. That's what we should think about. We know we're forgiven in Jesus. But how much more joyful can we be in our race when this consuming weight on our ankles are laid aside? How do we do this? It says there in verse 2, Looking to Jesus. That's how we do it. We first look to Him as the founder and perfecter of our faith. And this founder is the founder of like a company. He's the first one that that created this race. In Him, this race is possible. We look to Him. He put us in this race. But then He's also the perfecter of our faith. We look at Him. How did he run this race? He raced looking to the joy set before him, the text says. He was here to serve for a period. It was going to not be forever. He came for a specific task. Our race is also not forever. But looking to Jesus, knowing that he is the one who we run for and with. That should encourage us. He went before us. 
He entered us into this race. We're running for Him and for His glory, and we're running with Him through His Spirit. He finished His race perfectly, and that enabled us now to also run the race with Him. He's the founder, the one that saved us, allowing us this privilege to race. Have you ever thought of that? That your Christian life is a privilege. There are people not in this race. They're in a different race. A race going straight to hell. God saved a people for himself and entered them into this race. A race for him, for his glory, and for our joy. Have you ever thought of that? It's a privilege. Again, the theme of not running alone comes up. So we had the cloud, and now we have Jesus. So when you see this cold day, uphill in the rain, with cramping coming up, what do you do? You look to Jesus. What are you going to focus on? He too ran this race. He ran this race, a horrific gauntlet of a race. He finished his race, the last 100 meters, with a cross on his back and his hands pierced. We don't have to do that. He did it for us. That's how he ran the race. But he ran it with joy. It's not that he looked past the cross. He looked through the cross. And that gave him joy. Why did it give him joy? It gave him joy to run this race because he knew running this race is for God's glory. He ran the race with joy because he knew running this race will bring people into his kingdom glorifying him. He ran this race with joy because he knew after this race, when he finished it, he would be reunited with his father. Brother, sister, that's exactly why we are in the race. We are also in the race for God's glory. We are also in the race for God's people. And we are also in the race to be reunited with God one day when you finish that finish line. What a joy it is. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, which means that the full and everlasting joy in God that we are hoping for at the end of the race can become an experience right now through faith. In the midst of our bearing the cross, in the midst of our shame, as the text says, with Jesus, that's how we joyfully endure the race through His power. And if you're not in Christ, I honestly feel sorry for you. Because the joy that you would find in the world is going to be of short time. The everlasting joy, that is what we need to focus on. It's not enough to just say, well, I'll run it for a little bit. Brother, sister, we need to run with endurance till the end. And we have one another to lift each other up. Now you ask me, how do you do this? Like I said, I've been struggling for seven years. And it struck me. I always said, but I read my Bible. And I pray. But I just can't find it. Do you know what struck me today? And this week? We need to live in prayer. Live in the Bible. 
It's not just good enough to quickly read your chapter or whatever your Bible program says you need to read and then pray and then off we go. You need to, you need to live in it. Christ said his yoke is light, which means the salvation that he brought, we can just come alongside him and he'll take us. But that's the thing. It's not just by reading your Bible and praying. It is to come to him in prayer. Come to him through scripture and get to know him. It's to live it out, to make it part of yourself. Pray scripture. I was blessed and I've been soaking it up for the last probably three weeks. Psalm 16. You can go read that as well, 19 and 16. Look at, listen to verse 1 until 3. It says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I mean, that is just a prayer that can saturate you for the whole day. Lord, preserve me. I'm going through this tough time. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take my refuge. Not in my own self, not in my own strength. Lord, you need to preserve me. I say to the Lord in verse 2, You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Lord, help me to understand this. I want to be part of you because there's nothing good in me. I want your goodness. Verse 3, As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. As Ati said this morning, forgiveness. I've been praying this verse over and over a lot of times in the day. Lord, help me to find your excellent ones. Help me to find my delight in them, in you. Help me to love you guys better. Listen to verse 9 to 11. Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. It's in God. Help me to rejoice in you. Help my heart to be glad in you. My flesh also dwells securely. If you feel that you're in an insecure environment and you cannot just you cannot get out of it, find your security in Christ. Verse 10, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. Praise God for Jesus. He will not abandon you. God, I feel alone. I feel dirty. Whatever you feel, go to Jesus. He will not abandon you. And that makes my heart jump for joy. Verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. Lord, I am dizzy. I, I, I cannot see where I'm supposed to go. Help me. Point me to the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Brother, sister, if you are negative, if you're anxious, if you have a lack of joy, where are you going to find it? Look to Jesus and ask him. Pray this verse. I can't tell you how much it's helped me in the last month just praying this verse. Help me to draw near it in your presence. I need joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Forevermore. Not just now. Forevermore. But then you need to find it in Jesus. Not in your bank account. Not in your work. Not in your friends. Not in your house. In Jesus. Otherwise it's going to disappear. Like this. But something else that struck me here is this joy that Jesus had. 
And it's not a, a joy of, I'm happy, I clap my hands, and I'm always this jovial person, butterflies and kisses. It, it, it's not that. This joy is a satisfaction. It's like a, a great meal that you are hungry and now you enjoy this warm meal. It's a fullness, but it's also a calmness. It's just, whew, I can relax. I'm in Jesus. He will never leave me nor forsake me. No matter what is going on in your life. But then you need to draw near to Him. Cast this ball and chain off your ankle. Go to Him. Don't let this hindrance hinder you to going to Him. Find your fullness in Him. Family, don't shackle yourself with a ball and chain. Causing you to drag. You're just going to fight harder and it's going to make you more tired. Fight for this endurance in the race of faith. Knowing that Jesus is the one to be known. Know Him more intensely. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Go deep with Jesus. Until He is the supreme treasure of your life. And joy will fill your race is finished. Let us race with endurance, reminding us that we're not alone. Reminding us that we need to lay aside all hindrances and looking to Jesus. Let us pray. Oh God, we praise you that we have this example of running the race. Holy Spirit, we plead with you that you would help us to lay aside every weight and sin so that we can find joy in our Creator. Help this tonight, this message, for people to be encouraged, Lord, that we would run the race together for your glory and for our joy. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good.